bring us a cold shower on all our fandom erections. <laughs> <laughs> G'day and welcome to the Krakenless Krakencast. This is the Oceanic branch of Vassals of King's Graves Game of Thrones review series. Today we'll be discussing episode one of season eight entitled Winterfell. My name is David. I'm David HHH on the forums. And today I'm joined by Bing. Uh, yeah, this is Bing. I'm Shushan on the forums. And Neil. Neil. Blair and Neil on the forums. <laughs> Okay, um, I thought I'd start by <laughs> explaining the various Vassals of Kingsgrave shows. For those who don't know, Vassals of Kingsgrave is a spinoff of a spinoff of a podcast of Ice and Fire. There are around two, three dozen people who participate regularly in our podcast, which are primarily devoted to George R. R. Martin's A Song and Ice and Fire series, as well as the, sh- as the Game of Thrones show. But we can also be talking about almost anything nerdy from... From DC and Marvel comics to books to soccer. <laughs> but when the show is and on, movies. there's... I'm sorry. Yes, and movies too. Lots, lots and lots of things. But when the show is on, there are a lot of us with a lot of things to say. It can be difficult to have a reasonable podcast with more than five to eight people involved. So Vok decided to split into various casts. Unlike most podcasts, we have vessels from around the world and scheduling times for all of us to get together from many different time zones can be complicated and tricky. So for the Game of Thrones cast, we decided to break up the cast by region. Dragoncast is based in the US. Wolfcast is based in Europe. And Krakencast is based in Australia and Oceania. But anyone can join any cast if the time suits them. For this recording, we have the bizarre situation of a Kraken cast with no actual Krakens. <laughs> Unfortunately, Duncan, our fearless leader, is traveling the United States at the moment, culminating with the Ice and Fire Convention, which he'll hopefully tell us all about. Sarah is bogged down with Project at University, but she's here just for a moment to say hi. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, 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 folks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be a responsible adult. It's not going very well, but I'll be here next week. Priorities, Sarah. Priorities. No, we're kidding. Just glad it's very to hard. I know it's, it's tough having a life when you're trying to like schedule with people from around the world, right? And um, Donna is stuck at work. She's on her way to work right now. So I hear Donna's listening right now. I don't know if you want to say a quick hi. This is Tane Donna, Donna from the forums, and I endorse this Krakenless Krakencast. Thanks. Thank you. I hope we get you next week. <laughs> you weren't. I'm managing next week. Ugh. Oh, so you're definitely working? One of these weeks we'll get you. Thanks for joining. In any case, luckily we have our honorary Krakens, Bing, Neil, and I, who (laughs) were active last year in the Kraken cast because we have weird timings, like I work in a restaurant. So uh, nighttime is great for me, or late night. In any case, let's get into the episode. Let's dive in. Let's give our lemon cake ratings out of one to five. What do you think? Bing? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, three, 3.5 for me. I mean, I typically give the same sort of the same grade for every opening episode. They're all kind of the same at this point. They <laughs> yeah. all just sort of set up, introduce a scenario. A few, would this person talk to that person? That person talk to this person. Um, and maybe one or two scenes that's actually kind of interesting. Other than that, I mean, it's okay. It's fine. Okay. How about you? Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to give it four. I mm-hmm. think I was just starved for in, <laughs> yeah. in Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, so I it was yeah, like Bing said, it was a typical opening season 
episode. But yeah, I was starved for it. I had mm-hmm. a great time watching it, mm-hmm. and I watched it again last night. So um, yeah, I'm going for. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm the show apologist, so I'll give it a four and a half. <laughs> Every cast has to have one, right? <laughs> but I loved it. I mean, it wasn't perfect. There's certainly things that we'll talk about, I'm sure, that didn't make sense or whatever. But I thought there was lots of great character stuff. The first episode in particular is about putting chess pieces where they need to be on the board. And the first few episodes are usually that. I don't know if we're going to have time for that. Maybe next week, too, but that'll be it. But, I mean, they did a lot of that. I loved the character moments. It made me cry a few times. I was happy. I was just thrilled to be back in this world, even though a lot of us live in the world through the books as well and through the, this podcast. But to actually, you know, be watching it. It's interesting that a lot of my friends at work and online were really disappointed that not much happened. You know, I think we're the types who really care about the character moments more than some people. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because one of the things that I want to talk about briefly is how I was really wondering after, you know, a two-year break if people would kind of fall out of interest or if it would just get people more excited. Like, you know, when Star Wars came back, everyone was psyched. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And it seems like, I mean, it's bigger than ever. Everyone's talking about it. It's all over every news broadcast, every TV show. I mean, at work they had ESPN on and they were comparing like sports players to Game of Thrones characters. Where what's the point of this? You know, we have Oreos, we have what was it, Mountain Dew, we have like everything is trying to jump on the bandwagon and everyone was talking about it. I couldn't order pizza. <laughs> Because everyone was having a party. (laughs) Like the first three places I went to weren't taking orders or certainly would say, yeah, we can deliver in about two to three hours. I finally found one place that let me pick it up. (laughs) Like that's crazy, right? (laughs) I I felt this opening or this uh, first episode of the season was probably the biggest one ever. I, I feel like everybody I know was watching it. Uh, people were trying to get onto my HBO Go and uh, <laughs> getting blocked out. And mm-hmm. I was getting, you know, texts like I was supposed to fix their problems. And Oh, nice. <laughs> I think yeah. it's, uh, the last season plays a large role in this. Mm-hmm. That everybody, oh, it's now that's the last chance you could jump on this bandwagon. And there's talks of like, this is this last monocultural artifact that we have in our society or something mm-hmm. like that which i mean sure but um i remember uh when breaking bad was on its last season there was sort of a smaller version of this going on at the same time as as well mm-hmm. uh in that a lot of people suddenly are all paying attention to this one thing right. and you see that the cast of the breaking bad everywhere and which you see here with the game of thrones cast as well although they can't say anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hundred different versions of the interview where we can say nothing. So we're just going to smile yeah, and say, I basically. missed the show. Oh, it's sad. It's over. It'll be great. Like they said nothing. It was funny. But yep. I mean, I do feel like last season, it really broke out even more than before. You know, we had a big jump after the Red Wedding and then people were talking about it for a while. But last season, it felt like everyone around me, like at work, some people had in the past, but last season, everyone was watching it. And this season, it's, just that times 10. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we now live in the world where there aren't really cultural moments like this on TV anymore, other than like maybe sports games, you know, Super Bowl and stuff, because none of us watch shows live anymore. We all stream, we watch it a couple of days later, we binge it a year later. And this seemed like a cultural moment, 
which is going to be interesting given that a lot of people I heard were disappointed that not much happened. So I wonder if that will kill it or not or whatever. But I mean, I think episode three is probably going to be a big one like that, too, because there's going to be a huge stuff happening there. So it'll be interesting to see if all season it stays this cultural moment or if it was just, okay, it's back and okay, that's it. We'll see. Yeah, there was plenty of stuff that happened. So I guess we'll get into it. I agree. And I, yeah. and I think that's the difference between, like I said, between us and like, you know, the casual viewers where I felt the character moments were more compelling than a lot of the action stuff on other shows. I felt like you know, just a little moment like Cersei <laughs> saying when, when they, she finds out about the wall saying, good, that moment had me more excited than like battles on other shows. I feel the character moments on this show are more exciting than the actual action moments in this show. <laughs> that, that could be true. We'll see if that remains the case this season. <laughs> but yep. At least yeah. since, since the last season. So let's dive in. First, obviously, we have to talk about the new opening credits. I wasn't expecting that. Were you guys? No. Well, there's Derek. only two, pla- two places left. <laughs> Right. Well, that's the thing, I think, is I think on some level it was that plus they had the two years and they had a bigger budget. So what the hell? Let's do it. Very much more detailed, you know, and actually, no, we had we had last hearth briefly in there for the first time. So there were there were three places and and sort of the wall. But (laughs) although we didn't actually see Castle Black, but they weren't actually ever at Castle Black. So that made sense. I thought it was interesting just how they still went with like the flying camera. But the camera angles were moving as the camera itself was moving, which is something they'd never done before. And then there were also like some stops and directional changes, like it would go forward and then back off again, which I thought was just interesting. And I wonder if like you were watching this up close, it could almost give you a little uh, little uh, motion sickness. Yeah, it's a little dizzying, but uh, mm-hmm. and I got a little disoriented when, yeah. you know, they first showed the hole in the wall. But uh, right. yeah, it was great. I loved it. Seeing the last hearth. Did we notice the uh, the spiral design around the last hearth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. And and one thing I liked also, did you notice um, they used like tiles for the ice and then the white tiles flipped over to blue to be showing like the White Watchers marching? That was really cool. That's Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice surprise. One thing that they've added now is the astrolabe itself has some pivotal moments in Westeros history. And I think they'd done it before, but it went by so fast you didn't notice. They actually stopped on three of them um, at different points in the beginning, the middle, and the end. The first one was the wall coming down. The second one, I didn't get it first because I mean, I had to pause and like frame it or else I wouldn't have gotten it because it was very symbolic, but it was actually the red wedding. There was a lion (laughs) with a fish in its mouth. Uh, and there was a hung wolf without his head, but with arrows in it. And then there was something. At first, I thought it was actually the Night's King, but I think it was supposed to be Jamie with the head of a wolf. So that was really cool. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at that. If you, I, I, I posted a screen grab. Anyone else listening, you know, rewatch and pause on those f- three bits. And then the third one is the birth of the dragons. We see a giant dragon with three small dragons coming out of it. So it's the birth of Danny's dragons. That was really neat, too, I thought. I had to frame grab that to actually catch that, though. And I don't know. I bet most viewers didn't get that. Also, yeah, cool I didn't seeing, get it. Also, it was cool seeing the insides of the buildings and under them for the first time. We saw the crypts under Winterfell with Lyanna Stark's statue. Briefly. Very that was great. Right. right. And that makes you wonder what, if anything's going to happen in underneath King's Landing. Oh, no, definitely. Well, I mean, we saw in the, um, 
in the first trailer, we saw, we've seen a few things. We've seen um, Arya running down there from something. We saw Varys hiding with the women and children. <laughs> so no. I'm assuming a lot's going to happen in the crypts, but we'll see. Um, no, I meant uh, below King's Landing. Oh, right, right, like right. Went, Sorry, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we saw the, um, what's the big, uh, the big bolt thing? to fire the bolts at the dragons that was under there with right. dragon with some dragon uh, targets. <laughs> yeah. The old skulls. Mm-hmm. And then of course, for the first time it actually ends the last thing we see because we're inside, it goes to the iron throne. So the last scene of it is, is the iron throne, which was kind of cool. Cool way to end it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. I read online. Someone behind the show said that each episode's credit sequence will be different. I don't know how much different it'll be. It might just be like, say, those history scenes might change or something. But it'll be interesting to see how much it changes. So there's something to watch for for the rest of the season. Yeah. And let's get into the actual episode then. So first we have Winterfell with the arrival of John and Danny. Everyone in the North is apparently retreating to Winterfell, and we have lots of reunions here. Let's jump in. The first thing we see is um, a boy running and climbing to see the procession. That clearly, to me, was a callback to both Bran climbing around and and the very yep. one of the very first scenes of Arya pushing through to see the first procession which was King Robert's procession. So the whole thing had like lots of callbacks, which the whole episode yep. had lots of, I thought. I love that. What did you think? Yeah, it's very well set up. I have no idea who that kid is. Yeah, I don't think we were supposed so, to. It was just a random kid. I thought the kid was actually the Umber kid, but I guess it wasn't. No. I, no, I, don't, I, I think he was just meant to be a random kid. I, I like the music. Obviously, yeah. it was a callback to uh, the music when Robert arrived and. Right. The pilot episode, but they also kind of mashed it up with Daenerys' dragon music. You can hear that coming yeah, mm-hmm. mixed in there. It was great. Well, the one musical thing I caught from that was um, when Arya is watching each of them coming, which was a great way to do it, to see it through her like view. You know, first she sees Jon, then she sees the Hound, and when she sees the Hound, the music gets like darker. And then she mm-hmm. sees Gendry and it lightens up, which I thought was really cool. Mm. Yeah. It's with some really good directions in these scenes. And then we have the first lines of the episode being ball jokes. <laughs> Was that really <laughs> necessary? I mean, come on. <laughs> they got to give Varys something to do. I guess. I don't know. It's I just feel like, like really. I, I feel like I heard this joke at these two other times already. Right. In the show. Right. It's uh, Let's find a new slant. But only the first right. lines of the freaking season. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully this isn't setting the tone. <laughs> right. And then we get the people's reactions as in the crowd, like notice the Grey Worm and Missande come and they're all like kind of looking a little nervous. And then Danny and they're looking a little, you know, and then the dragons and they're all like, whoa, <laughs> that was kind of cool. Yeah. Now that set the move perfectly. Yeah, that was good. Then, of course, this whole section is just full of reunions. Okay, I'm the, like, softy of the group, probably, but did anyone cry in any of the reunions or any other moments in the episode? I think John seeing Bran was the toughest for me. That really hit home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was even better than the Arya one. I don't know really? why. Just the thought of seeing your little brother. Yes. <laughs> the last yeah. time you saw your little brother, he was... Mm-hmm. But I feel like the... I don't know, emotional reverence of this scene was taken off by the fact that Bran is now just like a right, right. different entity now and right. has which, been since the last season. Right, which was the so point. It was kind <laughs> of expect yeah, I mean yeah, I guess, but it was kind of I kinda of expected Bran just sort of be like, uh sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. 
it was nice to see a little emotion out of him. Yeah. I, I like when he cuts everybody off. I, I, I like, yeah. um, I think Bran was better played this time as the three eyed crow or the three eyed Raven, whatever they're calling him now. Right. Yeah. I, he seems more comfortable in this role. Here's the question though. <laughs> so we have creepy dry Bran. Is that good acting or bad acting? <laughs> well, I liked it better in this episode than a lot of last seasons. Cause I, I maybe the lines were flat and maybe he was just getting comfortable doing it, but I mm-hmm. felt it worked better in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Isaac Hempstead, right? And I, part of me was like, yeah, I like it, but a part of me felt like it was almost a little too much. I don't know if it was that he was being flat or that's how he's directed to be, but it felt like a little, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. I saw, you know, the memes were flying last night. Yeah, and there I'm was sure. a there was a GoFundMe to get <laughs> Bran out of the courtyard. <laughs> it seems like he was just left in the courtyard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, whether it was during the day or night, he was just sitting there and just somebody come get me. Or maybe, maybe just what he needs there. is he needs wheelchair lessons. Like these are, have wheels on it. I know they didn't really have <laughs> yeah. that in those times. So maybe he doesn't understand this. <laughs> yeah. He just expects to be pushed around. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I liked all that stuff. You know, it was all fun. I, I that's the kind of stuff I was looking for. I mean, come on, how long have we been waiting for the John and Arya reunion? I mean, I actually thought I would be crying more than I was. I still pretty much lost it. I was bawling, but I think I actually cried more at the Sansa reunion hmm. than I than I did. And maybe it's just because I've gotten I, I it was coming. And I think it also was a little mooted by the fact that she already saw him coming earlier, like a few minutes before in the episode. But still, yeah. it was awesome. It was still awesome. And we still uh, get the, you know, how much the two have grown and all they've lived through. And they're a little put-offish at first, but then they hug and, and then we're happy. <laughs> I think that my problem that I mean, that I didn't find all these scenes as emotional is just, I don't think that's how it's going to happen in the books. Yeah. It seems to just be too wholesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it seems it's they they played out in in a way to intentionally try to mm-hmm. like get these sort of emotions. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something that could possibly happen in the books. And th- we th- can't th- have th- joy th- in the books. We're not allowed. No, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that. It's there's not, truth to it. Though. It's not that. But I think no, it's not that. But it's the scenarios that that the, the way in which it's kind of it's almost like yeah, cool. They all come back to Winterfell and say right. hi to each other. It's I don't think that's the way they're going to. Right. The, the, the way the, the book has been plotted, that's not doesn't seem right. to be the way they would. That's the way they would be reunited. And I think a lot of us don't even think Bran's ever going to come back from the tree in the books. Yeah, not, I, I I thought he was trapped there, but after yeah. the Hodor episode, I'm, he, he's got to get back. I guess. Maybe. I guess. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I, I just I don't know. It just I, seems like very too happy this, for what we're going for. Well, it's not so. It's not again. It's not even about happy or not. It's about the way in which these scenes are played out, in which it just seems kind of. I don't want to say generic, but it's kind of like that. In that, I guess the show has to kind of present it as it did, mm-hmm. instead yeah. of making it more complicated or more nuanced. You know, they kind of just have to get through it. Yeah, that, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. So one thing I thought was interesting is um, Danny being introduced to Sansa and telling her how beautiful she was just goes to show how much Sansa's changed because, you know, old Sansa would have been like, oh, and, you know, and then Sansa's like, she's not even having it. She's just looking over like, yep, mm-hmm, sure, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good scene. I really noticed it with uh, 
Sophie's performance throughout this, she's really drawing from Cersei and Cersei's mm-hmm. tone and thoughts. And that's it's kind of taking from her abuser right? <laughs> some of the well, lessons she's learned. Yeah, it was interesting. That's been her journey all along, I think. I don't know how much that'll be the case in the books, but yeah. show-wise, definitely, you know, from all of her abusers. Yeah. We get a little moment. We see little Ned Umber, who's heading back, and you knew they were going to do something with him because they introduced this kid, and and we'll talk about what happens to him later, but he gets a little moment. Just get- quickly on Sansa. Mm-hmm. She's Go. all uh, show nothing, plot for everything. Now, I like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely a, a keeping her cards close to her chest. She's smart. She's smart. Mm-hmm. She's learned from Littlefinger. She's, she's the smartest person Arya now. Apparently. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have um, Leanna Mormont saying what everyone else around was thinking and, and confronting John about giving up to Daenerys. That was cool. You know, that's what we expect from Leanna, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess uh, as maybe some people are going to be frustrated with a lot of the politics, you know, the, mm-hmm. the bickering back and forth. But I, I think that's, you know, the point of all of this is that can mankind get their act together as they face their biggest challenge? And here we're seeing them bicker <laughs> and, and I, squabble yeah. over titles and uh, well, I mean, territory. I, I think this does matter, though. Even right. even at this yeah. point, even like with Army of the Dead coming in, like first of all, nobody else in that room besides John and I guess Danny at this point really faced an Army of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And up to this point, these are the all important things in their lives. And but also like having a Stark lead this sort of confrontation rather than a Targaryen leading this confrontation right. is important. It's an important right. difference for, the, for these orphaners. And it's not just right. about like, oh, she's a Targaryen. We don't trust her. It's about like, like Starks know how, know, gets these people. Right. And they, and they, tr- they trust the Starks to be able to make the right decisions in these mm-hmm. sort of circumstances mm-hmm. over this random person who haven't never lived in Westeros until right. like, a few months ago. And that's a valid point. They don't know this woman. They didn't even know she existed until very recently. In fact, probably, you know, your average person on the street didn't know she existed until, you know, a week ago. And suddenly mm-hmm. she's now going to be the queen after we already had a civil war over this. And we've decided together, we in the North put this guy up and now he's abdicating. Yeah. That's some, that's some you know, that's an important stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. And, and it's and in terms of uniting the people that like you saw with Glover, right? Like she, she just up and up and turned yet again because she's right? Glover. Okay? That's his right. thing. Um, but that's a real concern, and 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 it's a, it's a logistical concern as well. Like, are these people even sure it's a large army and bunch of dragons? That's cool. What mm-hmm. are they actually going to be able to do anything? Um, we don't have the resources to feed these people. Like Sansa's bringing up legitimate that, question. Yeah, we we don't have enough food to feed all these armies, and I don't have no idea how to feed dragons. Not only that, yeah. but everyone from the entire north is retreating to Winterfell, so they're now going to yeah. have to feed pretty much the entire population of the north, plus dragons, plus all these armies and everything else. Like, it's a valid point. I'm wondering if this is actually going to be a plot point for more in the season, or if it was just a reason for Sansa to doubt everyone. I, yeah, hope- I don't think so. <laughs> but it's good to at least they bring it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the, the people of Winterfell were, or Wintertown, if that's what they were walking through, they were leery of everybody walking through. It wasn't right. just Danny. Right. So it was just anybody that was not of the North. 
Then I think one of my favorite moments was the Sansa Tyrion reunion. Mm. I, I loved her comment that when he brings up the purple wedding and he goes, oh, it had its moments, <laughs> i.e. Joffrey dying. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> No, that that was that was a good exchange, and and I, I definitely wanted more here. I, I wanted uh, yeah, more back I and too. forth. I wanted more talking about their marriage and their situations. But I, yeah. I, I think what we're gonna have to get used to with only six episodes, I that guess. these things are gonna be yeah chopped down into bites like this. Right. I don't know. I feel like this. This has been my. I mean, I may, may just complain about the, the dialogue since last season. Mm-hmm. It's kind of now reduced to almost like Wikipedia-esque introductions with each other, mm-hmm. in which, oh yes, you are this character. I'm sure <laughs> I'm this character, and you are that character now. And uh, yeah, I'm certainly that character. I'm and remember, we were married. <laughs> yeah, remember that time we were we were together. I sure remember the time we were together. Mm-hmm. It feels, Fair enough. Yeah, it feels, it feels like just like. I could write this dialogue mm-hmm. just based and kind of expect a little bit more than actual TV like right. writers for a TV show. And, and to be fair, though, well, it's the I, first I, episode and I feel like they're I mean, yeah, trying to remind us of that stuff. So there's some of that. But yeah, you're fair. That, but regardless of what it is, it still should sound natural. Well, no, it's just like if that's the if, if the, the goal is just to reintroduce the characters, making sure the audience who needs know who these and that person are, then it it does the job. But it's just uh, yeah, sure, that's that they you sure are who you are. You you guys sure had a history. Well, this one in particular, I thought was good. I just wanted yeah. more. You right. know, it yeah, was like sure. it was probably like four or five lines, but like yeah, I, I wanted twenty. You know, I mean, I like <laughs> just... I really like Tyrion showing the respect for Sansa that she deserves. I I like that a lot, especially since he doesn't know a lot of what happened with her, but he's still showing her respect, which he always has. Yeah, and as much as you want to, I mean, I, I wish we had more of it, but I love the line, you know, when she said that Tyrion isn't as clever as she she used to think he was the cleverest one in the room. But you believe Cersei right. really? It was a great bit. Here's a quick question mm. on that though: Do you guys? Guys believe there's some theories that Tyrion actually worked out some sort of deal with Cersei because the discussion scene last season in the finale was cut off like after they talked about the babies and whatever we never saw her agree to it so we don't know why she agreed so there's some theories out there that she only agreed to it because maybe Tyrion offered something or maybe he's going to betray them or, you know, whatever. Or something happened, at least. So do you think that or is that just a bad thing? I, I, I could go with that. I mean, especially with the way that Bran was staring at Tyrion in the one scene, which is <laughs> I, I don't know if it's right after this or not. Right. But, um, but you know, we, we don't find out until later in that last episode that she isn't sending the army. And that's right what sends Jamie off on his own. Right. So, but maybe, yeah, I, I, maybe I, I, Tyrion I, I, there's knew definitely this. something there. It's yeah. possible that Tyrion knew that, although then he could look up right now and be like, uh, and maybe this is the pragmatic move that, you know, like John giving up his crown to partner with Daenerys. Maybe this is something that Tyrion feels like he has to do just to get the army there. Mm. Whatever it is, he's, conspired to do <laughs> allegedly i'm gonna move back for one second there's one thing i wanted to mention in the john aria reunion i love that they compared their um their swords you know bringing back needle and long claw and the two of them looking for each other i really like that little bit there and then aria giving respect for sansa i mean is she really the smartest person she knows i don't know but it's nice yeah i guess them teaming up to get Littlefinger was clever and it was you know it sounds mm-hmm. like maybe that was her giving credit to Sansa for that move. But um, yeah, I found that line and I, I saw it somewhere in the forums or maybe on Skype there, you know, that wasn't the best writing or, you know, it was just kind of uh, 
quite quite a, an about face but um mm-hmm. in, in you know i get that last season they were playing for the audience and Littlefinger, their distrust of each other but this is uh yeah like you said bing this is one of those very quick chopped up to the point mm-hmm. reunions but um it was good it was really good especially to see those two the last time they we saw them they were handing needle off so mm-hmm. it was great Let's move on to King's Landing. We got a bunch of stuff happening here. Cersei finds out the walls come down. The Golden Company has arrived with uh, Euron. Cersei fucks Euron. Kyburn hires Bronn to kill mm. Jaime and Tyrion, and Theon saves Yara. So let's take this point by point. Uh, Kyburn, the dead have broken through the wall. Cersei, good. <laughs> I love Cersei <laughs> there. That was great. She she can do more with one word and an eye roll than like than most actors. I, I think she's still like. At least of those still alive, she's the best actress on the show right now. Yeah, oh, oh, definitely. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. yeah. I wish they would have grown. I can't stand that wig, though. They need to <laughs> magically grow her hair back. I, I'm uh, <laughs> I mean, especially <laughs> now. I mean, how long has it been since the Walk of Shame? I mean, it should have grown. I mean, I don't know if it grows as long as it used to be. I guess. But- <laughs> that's, that's Lena Headey's hair, though, right? She, she always has hair, your hair. So... I don't know. Like the old Maybe that's, that's just how, yeah, that's how she likes it, anyways. Yeah, and let's talk about Lannister hair. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah. it, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be a big deal that they aren't blonde anymore, except that that was a major plot point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know. So, uh, it, you know, Tyrion's hair is like really dark with little blonde highlights and. Now at the end of the episode, we see Jamie. His hair's almost black. They're Lannister. Secret. Give them some blonde hair, please. Yeah, it, it, it's it, I mean, over the last whatever five seasons, it's it's driven me nuts. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, it's it's over now, so I don't think it's going to happen. Oh yeah. well, we're just going to have to deal with it, I guess. I like the actors enough that I'm okay with it, but I'm not thrilled. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> nitpicking. It goes in the nitpicking category. Speaking of nitpicking, I love the bit about the elephants, and I'm wondering if that's Meadow. We, the fans, have been hoping for elephants, and Cersei is kind of our stand-in there. And I wonder if there isn't a little (laughs) meta commentary there, because, you know, we're the fans. We complain when the show does stupid things that make no sense, right? We all do, and, and rightfully so. But you know what? We all still want elephants. And... Let's be reasonable. It wouldn't make any sense. You're going to put them on ships coming all the way across the ocean. Probably wouldn't. So I'm wondering if, you know, they're giving a reasonable explanation for why we won't get something as kind of a meta kind of statement on our criticisms. I don't know. Are they maybe not that? Specific? Yeah. Or, or the <laughs> showrunners are. Yeah. Yeah. They're complaining about us. running out of budget. Yeah, right. I maybe guess. they ran out or, of budget and then used it as an excuse to tweak us. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading into or, it. Or... Or just it was a very funny line to have Cersei, very funny thing to have Cersei obsessed over thirsting after elephants for some right. reason. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the best line in, in the entire episode. <laughs> just Cersei's <laughs> really? like, I wish there were elephants. <laughs> <laughs> after fucking Euron for some, yeah, which was. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to change the subject quickly after that. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's speak, let's get there. Let's go there. Cersei fucks Euron. I mean,. I don't know. It it seems for me out of character for show Cersei. Not book Cersei. Book Cersei fucks for power. Show Cersei doesn't. She hasn't yet. And she did here. And kind of in a weird moment, like after telling him, no, go prove it to me. And then I'll let you fuck me. She then fucks him, which is kind of weird, right? Did that work for uh, you? No. 
I actually think that works because it showed the, how actually vulnerable she is. Because she has no allies whatsoever at this yeah. point, other than Kyburn, right. I guess. And there is um, that moment when she walks away and she just stops yeah. and she re- you could you could see and just from her fr- with her back turned you can see her going. I guess I gotta do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know he's such a wild card and he's such a maniac. She's got to string him along or give him a little something <laughs> in and, good faith. And let's be honest, oh, it probably is a little something because when someone has to brag that much and be like, "Oh, how great was I? How great was I?" He's probably overcompensating, right? <laughs> that said, I mean, Euron's probably a crazy fuck. I mean, he's a crazy fuck in some senses, but he's probably literally a crazy fuck. Like, he's probably fun. So, if nothing else, you know, know. hopefully she enjoys yeah, it. Yeah. Jamie's been gone for a little bit. She was yeah. DTF. Yeah. I oh, know. I don't think she was. I, I totally think she was like, oh, God, will you just finish already? I don't need that. Just, uh, just go. Just yeah. go. You know? <laughs> Everything about the character Euron just sucks now. Right? It's and just, it's so just different from the books that you can't even go. It's not even about the different from the books it's fine to be different from the books and and for all i care this is this could just be victorian because right, right. that's basically who he actually is true um, fair point yeah. with, with with victorian with more bravado basically <laughs> and that's the sense boring. of humor yeah yeah with a sense of humor i, I guess is of humor i don't know <laughs> yeah I a weird sense of humor. <laughs> i didn't even find him that funny he finds himself know. funny though <laughs> he's God, he's really rote it's like standard what is a villain that's right. right out all things villains do. Ah, right. he he's very ambitious. That's who he is. I, I don't know. Everything about this character sucks to me. I just can't get into it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. It's like they're trying to make him important because, let's yeah. face it, once the army of the dead are done, I mean, what, is, what does Cersei have? She has nothing. And if we're going to have some drama later in the season with Cersei... The deck is stacked against her, so we're trying to build Euron up as like a real threat and a real character, and he kind of no one really gives a fuck about him. And I and I'm imagining that the casual fans give even less of a fuck about him than we do. Yeah, Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, what what do you guys think is his point in the show? If you had to, I think he's just he's there as this crazy villain character that yeah. they've had since. Uh, since Joffrey and then uh, and Ramsay, now these guys are dead. Now we need a third guy to fill in the role. And right. it, he kind of just came into the season, the series, just as Ramsay died. Right. But and even Ramsay was already too much. Right. And wasn't as that engaging of a character, anyways. And he's just well, and, and Euron's even worse. I'll yeah, disagree. I, mean, I thought Ramsay was great both in the show and the books. But eh. I feel like, though, I it's mean, a shame because Euron seems the direction we're heading in the books with Euron. And I don't want to go into spoilers for Winds of Winter, but it seems like he's going into being like a really interesting and crazy character in a good way. And on the show, it just seems like a bad caricature. Like, Are you threatened by this guy? In the books? Yeah. In the show, not at all. I mean, in the books, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the, the show, I mean, the show is... not at all. And that's He's the just thing. A punk, right? right. They're setting him up to give Cersei something on her side, because right now she has nothing on her side. And and it doesn't work. Like he doesn't add to her in any way. But whatever. I mean, they, they gotta do something to fill the last episode or two, or you know, so whatever. I don't know. Did Harry Strickland have this weird accent? Or is it just me? I don't even remember him talking. He probably did, but I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, it was different i couldn't place it and he only said something briefly i a line or two yeah. it was it was different thing maybe they were going for foreign <laughs> quote unquote you know? i guess even though he's west rosy <laughs> right yeah well we don't know that on the, we don't really know that on the show that's the thing, so. that's true that's true so he's foreign, like, quote unquote 
Strickland is not the most, I guess not. I mean, whatever. You're, you're giving this too much thought, I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> Which we probably. do. That's what we do, right? <laughs> that, 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 should I mean, be, that should be like our subtitle, Vassals of Kingsgrave. We give this too much thought. <laughs> right. In any case. Yeah, why are they all lined up ready for battle? Just on a boat. On a boat. Nothing, when, when clearly, like, they're not coming. I mean, th- there's not going to be a battle <laughs> for at least weeks of actual time yeah. because they still have to deal with the dead and there may be no one to battle because they may be all dead at that point we don't know but they're all just standing there because yeah. you know it looks good and they're, we got the yeah, cgi they're in, they're in formation we have yeah. the cgi army yeah <laughs> we also get brawn and the return of sex position <laughs> if Yay. anyone and we got titties. We got titties. I saw one of the sites had a Game of Thrones bingo cards where you get points for like different things like major character dies. And every single bingo card had a spot for titties. And I was like, I don't know if you're going to get points for that this season. There's no time for titties. But leave it to Game of Thrones. They, made they time. found time for sex position and I, some nudity because maybe people would like want their money back. I don't know. <laughs> I loved it. I don't care. Look yeah, it was good. fun. It was funny. It was fun. It was funny. <laughs> but something important happened in there, too, because Kyburn hires Bronn to kill Jamie and Tyrion. Now, the question is, was he really doing this at Cersei's bidding, or is he doing it on his own? Oh, I think it was Cersei's yeah. bidding. Mm-hmm. I think it's Cersei. Yeah, she's... Yeah. Yeah. Some people think that he's doing it on his own for whatever reason, and one of the reasons is because why did he do it instead of, you know, Cersei himself? But I don't know if you guys know, but Lena Headey and Jerome Flynn apparently had a fling for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, she yeah. She won't appear on camera with him, which is kind of yeah. weird, but, you know, you're an actress. Do what you're fucking told, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought the scene was great, especially the part with the STD or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like, which one? Yeah. That, that was, pox, that the was pox. great. You should have the pox. The flocks, yeah. The day of the yeah. in a few that was a good line. Yeah. And he's like, that wait, uh-oh, uh-oh, did I, I just think Do you yeah. think that Bronn will really do it? Will he go to kill Jamie and Tyrion? Either of them, actually. You think he'd actually do it? No. No. No, and I, I think he would take Tyrion up on his offer if somebody tries to pay you to double-cross me, I will double it. Right. I feel like definitely I can't see show Bronn turning on either of them. Yeah. Book Bronn, no. sure. Book Bronn at the very least would turn on Jamie. I don't know about, well, I mean, because they never had but, that whole, but, yeah. they didn't have that whole yeah. thing in the sh- in the books. But Tyrion, I don't know. But definitely I can't see show Bronn doing it. So I'm wondering where they're going to yeah. go with that whole bit. Will he actually start to do it and then, no, I can't? Or will he just be betraying them all along? I don't know. Betraying, I mean, Kyburn and, and Cersei. <laughs> Yeah, I, he might struggle with it a little bit. I, I don't see him going through with it. No. no. Like, does he even right now think he's going to do it? Like, yeah, I'll do this. Or do you think he's just totally not? I don't know. Or does he feel forced to do it? Or does he feel like, well, they're paying me, but it doesn't sound like I can say no here. You know? And then the last little bit here, Theon saves Yara. And that was a super fast scene. Like, pretty much the only action we get in the whole episode. And it's over in, what, like a minute? <laughs> he he breaks onto a ship and breaks her out. You'd think it would be a little harder than that, and it would have been a good excuse for them to put yeah. some action in the episode. But well, it feels like they're like, you know what? This storyline's going nowhere. Let's just get it over with. Like, <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm always the person saying, "Hey, they have to condense this, give them a break." Right. But yeah, this was like 
so convinced. It wasn't very inventive. He just jumped on the boat, grabbed her, left. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, I mean, we didn't even... I'm hoping we're later going to get... We didn't even get a freaking confrontation between him and Euron. Like, we should have. And we didn't have any sense that Yara has been through anything. Like, I was hoping we'd get maybe a little bit of book Euron and that she was tortured or something. Nope, here you are. Let's go. And um, I'm going to go take the Iron Islands now. Nothing. No no ramifications. No repercussions. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it was it was very cut and dry and boring and silly. But I I think something she did allude to is if they do have to retreat, that's somewhere where you know mm-hmm. the survivors could go and regroup. That that's a good point. I wonder if we will go there. But yeah, it, it, it and I guess I've always kind of wondered what you know, even in the books, having the Ironborn be such a presence later uh-huh. in books four and five. Right. Um, and even more of a What is their the purpose? And even more of yeah, a Yeah, yeah. So. so what part are they going to play in the final battle? And that's that's something I haven't decided, you know, as far as trying yeah. to predict it. So mm-hmm. that was probably the only interesting part here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next big Winterfell scenes where John and Danny fly dragons and then make out by a beautiful waterfall. Arya reunites with the Hound and Gendry. Jon and Sansa fight over Danny. Danny tells Sam that she had his father and brother killed, and then Sam tells Jon that he's the rightful king and tries to convince him to take the throne. So this is where probably everything important in the entire episode happens, right? Um, yep. So first we have some talk of a marriage between John and Daenerys. We have some of the underlings conspiring to push them together, which frankly seems to already be happening anyway, so there's kind of no need for them to push it, I think. Maybe that won't happen as with what happens later, but seemed almost like kind of like, hey, let's talk them into getting married. And well, there, do you really need, there, I don't think you have to really push too hard. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, it does solve an obvious crisis that's happening in winterfell that True. you know none of the northerners want any part of john not being king right so, so maybe push them into doing it earlier than they would have so we can get everyone united yeah yeah fair traditional political marriage danny has a moment where she says that her dragons aren't eating i wonder if there's a reason for that are they maybe disturbed that they lost the other dragon i don't know i don't know if that'll be something that'll become a point later I just wonder if the weird magic in the north, the right. old gods, the you know that sort of thing is taking effect, and they won't be as powerful once the uh, Night's Maybe. King's army marches. Maybe south. that could be a good point. And then John rides a dragon. Not surprising, but we needed it to happen, and it was done well. He's nervous. He's scared. He does it. I love it. She doesn't even give him like, hey, any advice? Just, just fucking do it. <laughs> So two things yeah. about the scene. First of all, I like the scene better when it was animated. This movie was called How You Train Your Dragon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, that that had better music. Background music. <laughs> Second, is Daenerys just like don't know that only Targaryens ride dragons? Well, I, and doesn't I think care. Maybe, doesn't care. Maybe that's something I thought Sam would bring up because she may not believe that John's father's Rhaegar and his mom's Lyanna when that oh, news yeah. gets out, and then maybe. Sam will find something in the books that says, hey, you know, he wouldn't be riding the dragons if he wasn't part Valyrian or Targaryen. Well, but there are, remember, there's still Nettles. We don't know if Nettles actually maybe secretly had some, in the books at least. In the show, just doesn't exist, but in the history, there were actually a few who were able to ride. There were also, there were those two are, other knights. There were two other yeah, knights. Yeah, those two, but those two were, were they like actual, like, 
bastard descendants of Targaryens or not yeah. Targaryens. I think yeah. the other two were even nettles. nettles. We don't think nettles wasn't officially, but there's rumors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like there were a lot of right. Targaryens and lowborns doing all sorts of things. Right. But we don't know for sure. It's still it's not officially. I mean, I guess not. it's not official yeah. in the books either. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty there. I. I'd say. Right. But I, the question is, does yeah. Danny know this? And would that make a difference? And let's be honest, I don't know how long it's going to take John to tell her, but I'm assuming it's coming relatively soon. I don't know. So that's probably a moot point soon. I guess. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? But it, it was still a good scene. I liked it. I mean, whatever. So then we go to the waterfall and Danny has an interesting line. She says, we could stay a thousand years. Now, there's some theories that one or the other or both may end up doing something with the White Walkers in some compromise and like becoming a new Knight's King. Knight, not Knight King, but Knight's King or Knight's Queen or something like that. So could this have been foreshadowing? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard that theory. That's could, interesting. Yeah. Um, but I I wonder if it was just more of a callback to mm-hmm. Egret. Right. And they, just running yeah. away from it all. Yeah, they were definitely yeah. they were definitely like hinting at that great scene in the cave with John and Egret and you know, we could stay here forever and whatever. But, you know, maybe maybe not. Because, I mean, there's some discussion of, you know, maybe it won't be a battle that ends at all that John will, you know, have to work some sort of deal and maybe that's what we're getting a little foreshadowing of here. I don't know. It was nice. Whatever. Yeah, it was interesting. It seems like uh Danny's kind of a voyeur here and, and John's 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 not comfortable with it. Well, yeah. It seems like John's the dragons are the, sounds uh, like the dragons are the, the voyeurs. Dra- <laughs> They're just watching them like the dragons are very mm-hmm. they were very interested for some reason. Like, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Get it out. Talk on, about man. a dog like a dog on the bed. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah, like, well yeah. wasn't there I mean in one of the <laughs> I'm not sure which couple it is in the books and in, in, in the books in the history there was a king and queen that when they got together their dragons made it together too. I'm not sure which king. Yeah, I'm not the biggest world book. Right. You know all the dragon riders have a link to their dragon. They're mentally linked. So, you know, maybe you know, maybe the two of them were getting a little turned on by all this and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have to right. have sexy yeah, yeah. theories. We're we're vassals of King's Grave, you know? <laughs> Yeah, fuck no. the Targaryens. They had to go there, <laughs> but Danny was into it. John wasn't, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was just nervous that the dragons were gonna like get pissed at him and you know fry him. I, I think that's really what it was. Remember, this is his first yeah. time <laughs> riding a dragon, and he doesn't understand this link yet, so he's nervous. Yeah, and I, I guess going back to the getting upset with the condensing, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was kind of hoping he'd have to jump on a dragon because of some situation, not just like, hey. Get on. Hey, let's go let's for a ride. Yeah. Oh, wow. You can do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought it'd be in the heat of battle. And he's like, oh, shit. And just jumps on one. And everyone's like, oh, my God, look, you know. But uh, no, they just kind of got that out of the way pretty cut and dry right. here. Well, yeah. another thing to consider is that, remember, you have to have that mental link. And he has that with Ghost already, too. But um, in the show, at least, and somewhat in the books, he kind of resists that, you know, the warging that all the other Stark children yeah. do. He really kind of seems to be resisting it a bit. And so maybe he's starting to feel that with the dragon and he's resisting it, too. Or maybe I'm putting too much thought into this. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, but you brought up a good point. Where, where the fuck is Ghost? Right, right. Well, uh, they didn't have the turn, CGI budget, but we question. do now. We do now. Well, so they have promised he will appear this season, so let's hope. Yeah, I've heard that. But uh, yeah. now would have been a good time. 
Yeah. We had John's reunions with everyone except the creature that he's closest to. But Right. Those uh, direwolves must be a real bitch to work with because they seem to avoid them at any cost. <laughs> the money. Um, so yeah. back in Winterfell itself, Arya has some a bunch of reunions here. First, she has an, a reunion with the Hound, which I really liked that respect between them. When You're a real bitch, aren't you? That's why you're alive. That that was really great. I like that. And she Not sort of... That was all in character. It was good. And she gave him a begrudging respect. Like, yeah, I, I could have killed you, but I didn't. But I did steal your yeah. Like, I like that. Was yeah. Good. I did rob you. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I learned from you that. So No, the thing on. with that, uh, I think you were moving on to Gendry. Exactly. I, <laughs> I don't understand what she's asking him to make. And maybe that's I, I, the point. Yeah. It's. It looks like a... It looks like some toy. Like, where the... <laughs> Well, I mean, like my kids have those things where you, you know, <laughs> with the spears that just fly out, the spring-loaded things. Like, right. what's going on there? <laughs> Clearly, they're setting up some big weapon she's going to get, and there's some theories online already that that this whatever it is will be what like takes down the Night King or a dragon or something. Yeah. So whatever it is, it's probably important because remember she's she's super assassin. So whatever she's doing yeah. has to be good. You know, I don't know. I guess. Um, I was more interested in just the reunion with Gendry, and they always were such good friends. And is there now, did you see a little sexual tension there, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, she smiled at him, walking away. Yep. You know, she was younger before, on. but now, hmm. I mean, if there's anyone in the show or books that she's going to end up with, I mean, I would think it would be Gendry, but I don't think she's going to. I think she's going to go out by herself, but. Yeah, I, yeah, she still remembers, she still remembers him. Pounding steel with the shirt off back in the <laughs> right? A lot yeah. of a lot of fans remember that. <laughs> there have been me many memes, but yes. On a different note, we now go back to Sansa and John discussing things, and apparently Lord Glover has stayed in Deepwood Mott, as you mentioned earlier, and that leads to a big fight, and then him saying, like, you know, do you not trust me at all? And, you know, and her making the legitimate point that, well, you, what you've done is is tearing us apart already. And him saying, I don't have any choice. You haven't seen what I'm fighting. It was a good scene, I thought. Both had good points. And yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess, you know, at least on the forums and, and the book fandom, people give, like, they give John a lot of shit, but I... Mm-hmm. I love John. He's my favorite character. And I've always felt like he's always doing the right thing. <laughs> and it's and it's the politics that right. he becomes kind of deaf to and, mm-hmm. and then falls victim to like Ned. But um, I feel like he's failing. always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because even if you have the best intentions, if you're not watching where you step, it, it's not going to matter. So it always drives me nuts that he's always got the right intentions and, and the politics and the, the more earthly matters are what stands in his way. So this was that in a nutshell. So now we get to what I thought was the best and most powerful bit in the episode, which is Sam and Danny having a discussion that starts really light. You know, thank you for your service. You know, maybe I can make you headmaster and, you know, that sort of stuff. And him going, oh, well, Mm -hmm. I actually need a pardon for my stealing my father's blade, which... They still keep making a big deal out of it, and nothing has happened with it yet. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to do something important. You know, he's going to kill someone at the end. Maybe he'll be the one who kills the Night King. I don't know. But, like, they're still making a big deal out of this, and yet nothing has happened with it two years later. But then we yeah. get to this all-emotional stuff where I don't think Danny really understands that you probably should break things a little lightly when you tell someone you've killed their father and brother. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, she gets in front of it. You know, I mean, she takes credit yeah. for it, but at the same time, that to me was another, I mean, the look on his face, I, I admit I bawled in this scene too. Just the look mm. on his face and you can see the conflict in his eyes when she tells him that, that she killed his father. And yeah, he was a bastard. He threatened to kill him and all that, but it's still his father, you know? And there's no chance for any kind of reconciliation. Not that there probably was, but you know, he's going to think that it's his father, like, you know, and he's conflicted. And then he goes, well, you know, at least when I go home, I'll go to Dickon. And he doesn't even consider the possibility that Dickon would have died too. And then she drops the hammer and his eyes, I mean, I just bawled at that moment. Like, oh my God, that's so sad. Like, he carried that so well. I, I just love that whole scene. It was so powerful, I thought. It was. I mean, he's so sensitive and sweet. Mm-hmm. And to... You know, obviously he cared about his brother. His brother didn't do anything to him. But even with his father, you could see it on his face in the back of his mind. He hoped at some point maybe there would be some <laughs> love and understanding right. and forgiveness. And I mean, of course, and now that's that's been torched. That was just so harsh. <laughs> yeah, he he did an excellent job with that. It was it was yeah. tough to watch. And I mean, just in his eyes, just just his his face. It was so. The other interesting thing, though, is that I think all of us were wondering last year why we're suddenly bringing these characters in, you know, Randall and Dickon, and making them important, and then having them be killed, and like, what was the point of all this? And it seems like we're now going to this bit where this is now Sam's rationale for pushing John into taking the king's role because he feels particularly her killing his brother. Now, admittedly, he doesn't have any of the contacts and any of that, but he feels that this was the wrong thing to do and this makes her a bad leader. And John, as he points out, wouldn't have done that and he would have forgiven the brother and saved him. And so now we have motivation for, first of all, for Sam to tell John that he's the rightful king, but more importantly, to try to convince him now and later in this scene but also presumably over the next several episodes that he is the rightful king because he would be better. And that's really what makes a good king. Absolutely. I mean, they were prisoners and Mm -hmm. you don't execute prisoners for not immediately surrendering and joining your side. Yeah, that's definitely something John would not have done. And, you know, John tries to explain that, well, you know, this or that, but he, he would not have executed the Tarleys. I mean, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. So I think we're setting up him pushing this. Now, one thing that I think, you know, as, as book readers, I think this might be a big difference because, let's face it, would Sam at this point in the books, I mean, admittedly, we're past, we're past the books, but would he still feel that John would do the right thing, given that in the books, John takes Gilly's baby from her and he's devastated when he figures that out? So I wonder if this is going to be one of those big differences, because, you know, like we say, those little butterflies that affect things later. Would he have faith in John anymore in the books? I don't know. I think so, because, again, it goes back to intentions. Even if it's harsh and it's... It's very harsh. Um, yeah, yeah, it's extremely harsh. But he did do it to save both the children. Well, does it, though? I'll because, be a, I mean, yeah. baby Sam, who I don't think is actually named that in the show, in the books, right? But that baby no. might very well be killed before they figure it out. Melisandre may kill that baby. Well, I think what... I, I thought that they would just say, hey, that's not the... Right. Would she believe that's it? Not, there's no king's late. blood... Yeah, there's no king's blood in that baby. There's no point. The baby you want in the, you know, 
It may be too late, though. Uh, In the reach, yeah. We're getting more into the books here, but I think that still, it's a really tough... And even then, you're still ripping a baby from her mother, and this is the one person on the planet he cares about, and I don't know. I don't know if... I mean, we haven't seen enough of Sam since then. We will see more. I don't know if he's going to have that faith in John that he has here. And I think that's one of the reasons they made the change, too. I, I don't know where the book is actually going with no with Sam specifically period so I don't know right. if if we're going to even have a same scenario playing out in the books right and I don't think we can now because of this is what I'm saying I feel no. like Sam wouldn't maybe maybe I don't know I mean he did have a good yeah, reason well, to do it well for sure the the point of Sam going to um the citadel isn't to just blow him off and then run and steal his dad's sword and go back to the north. He's right. going to do other things in the book down there. Right. But I, I, I do think it's a Ned like trait where he's John's trying to save both children as harsh as it may be. Right. Okay. So we do have the big confrontation. We do have John finally finding out that he is the rightful king. You know, it's interesting, though, that Bran is actually the one who pushes him to do it. Like, okay, it's time. Like, well, why right this moment? What? <laughs> Maybe it's because he already knew that Sam is now in a mood to do this. I don't know. But he has Yeah, I didn't it. think it would happen right after this. Right. You know? But it I does make like, yeah, sense from Sam's point and... of view. From Sam's point of view, now yeah. is the moment to do it. It is. It is. You're right. And of course, John played all those emotions on his face of, you know, um, oh my God. <laughs> I thought that, that that as far as cutting down and getting to the essence of what you got to get done in a scene, I thought that one worked really well. I thought it was well written as well played. It was great that it was in the crypts. It was, mm. it worked really well. Yep. Perfect place for it. So we have yeah. one brief but probably the most Game of Thronesy scene in the episode, which is at last... Well, was it at last, Hearth? I mean, is that where they were? I, I wasn't clear. I'm assuming we're there because... I think so. It it's kind of yeah, has well, to be because why else would Ned Umbers... I mean, would they actually bring him all the way back up to the wall or whatever? I mean, feels like it has to be there. Didn't they say, like, the, the walkers were traveling... Yeah, like some from far already ahead of them or something like right, that. So, right, so, yeah. And last harvest, like, sort of the first big place they hit after going past a wall right hence the name right. is going the other way it's the and, last arc oh that's so, why they're in the title sequence yeah, yeah right it was in the title sequence so I, that's what i'm <laughs> assuming but it's not clear at all and why are they like underground like last arts a city why are we looking in caves underground i didn't i didn't understand any of what was supposed to be happening there and i guess I it doesn't think matter they, i think they snuck in snuck into the city secretly yeah, something know. like that too i don't know it, it didn't make any sense to me, but it didn't have to because that wasn't the point. But we get an excuse to run into Ed, so I'm assuming that means that the Night's Watch have already started heading south, and for some reason they decided to stop in <laughs> in the last hearth? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad to see that they all survived, because yeah. the, the last scene from uh, Season 7, it looks like everybody got blasted, but they all made it out. So. Yeah, yeah, I um, I, well, Somehow. they'd already... They'd already said that Tormund and Beric would run, and I will say I wasn't expecting Ed to survive this far because I thought, I don't really understand what the Night's King is doing here. It's like, wait a minute, is he just going to get everyone? Why didn't he head towards Castle Black? Why is he heading directly south? You know, that makes me wonder what his motivation is. If we're going to take everyone out, shouldn't he get the rest of the Night's Watch first? Because they didn't know that the wall came down. Because but they couldn't get the word to them in time. I mean, the only people who would know would be the two people we see right here, Tormund and Beric. 
And so they couldn't have gotten to them because they headed south, apparently. First of all, the people of Castle Black don't know unless, you know, the Night's King already headed some people there and they're chasing away. But you'd think you'd explain that. It didn't make any sense. Suddenly Dolores Ed is uh, in Last Hearth. Uh, I think we're long past the point in which we need to worry about logistic questions. Yeah, like yeah. This. clearly. <laughs> but I mean, it just... Since... There's the well, explain episode six. Yeah, I know. Last season, I know it's true. It's true. It's a fair point. So, but I mean, I would just like something, no, some excuse, some. Oh yeah, we've left because we're heading up. I mean, there was a moment earlier where they did say, "Let's call the Night's Watch in." So maybe someone teleported up there and told them that it's time to head to uh, Winterfell. But I don't. Know. Either way, I was glad to see Ed. On the on the downside, there's a pool in uh, a Facebook group. Some I think Jed set up the podcast bard set up for us about who's going to be the first character to die. And I figured someone would have to die in the episode, so my money was on Ed, and I lost there because I thought he'd be dead here. I figured like there'd be Whoops. some attack on the Castle Black, and then we'd be heading down. But I'm glad he's not dead. Yeah. I figured I I thought for sure if the show's coming back, someone's going to die in this episode, and I didn't think it would be some kid we've never heard of before until ten minutes ago. Because <laughs> that's the only character who died in the entire episode, which is very un-Game yep. of Thrones. Eh, yeah. Set up episodes don't usually have people dying. I mean, well, last season, the premiere episode had Arya killing the entire... Uh, the en- sure. The entire Frey family. I, I mean, so... <laughs> But in None of them mattered. None of them have names. It's true. In the show. (laughs) True. And the important ones were already baked into a pie, so. Yeah. One thing that did make me think of, though, when I asked, like, why is the Night King heading south? One thing that is true on the show and not in the book, so I don't know if they're even going this way, but is it possible that he's going for Gilly's son? Because remember, he was promised to the Night King. And he never got him. So I was wondering if maybe that's what they're heading for and there's going to be some weird, maybe that's the importance of Sam and Gilly and all that. I mean, in the books, that can't happen because that really isn't the sun, I guess. But just I feel like that requires setup that yeah. it's going to be way yeah. too, too convoluted for the show at this point. True. And they Probably. don't have time to care about that. Probably. Fair point. I mean, if they're not going to explain why anyone's going anywhere, why would they explain that? Yeah, they're just, they're just the, they're coming That's for That's interesting. Us. Well, the other thing I was, what, what makes me think that is if that could lead some way into whatever the resolution's going to be. Because I don't personally feel like it's going to end with a big battle. I feel like something's going to happen, like John's going to negotiate a peace or something. And <laughs> I wonder uh, if the baby will be part of it. Or maybe their baby or something. Can you negotiate peace huh. with ice I zombies? I don't know. I mean, the original <laughs> Knights King did, and you know, so and the, the original Knights Knight Knight King in the books, you know. Yeah, yeah. So and he maybe. also so banging another true, but that's lady, peace. So. That's still peace. In fact, that's a happy peace. I guess <laughs> it's a peace and, of zombie. Yeah. <laughs> But it's still a great scene anyways. We got the kids' pieces stuck to the wall with that weird spiral we're seeing that we've seen a whole bunch of times with the White Walkers. Any theories on what it means? Don't you think the spiral is just a part of their creation? You know, that that weirwood with the stones around it. Maybe that's just what happens. That's what they're kind of programmed to do. A religious icon. Is to recreate that moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it may mean more than that. Who knows? They, it's been a symbol since the very first scene in the show, and they, I don't think they have to s- explained it since. So yeah. I, eh. Maybe they will. It looks cool. It does. I'll give them that. <laughs> and, it, and it was a great moment in the episode, you know? So that was something. 
It gave us something for people to go, ooh, ah, <laughs> since there wasn't that much else for the, you know, for the action fans in this episode. There was not much other than this one scene, so. Right. Yeah, it was good. It was well done. So then, our last scene of the episode, and it's brief. All the, well, not that brief, because we get a long bit of someone arriving in Winterfell, who I think most mm-hmm. of us realized was Jamie pretty quickly, right? And he looks up and sees Bran, the kitty, throughout the window. Bran gives him a look, and roll credits. Yep. That was great. That was... Yep. What a way to end. Like, who, who would have ever thought the episode would end with a scene like that, you know? And yet it yeah. was perfect. Well, I mean, that was the scene in episode one that Mm -hmm. that got me to keep watching is pushing him out the window. So, I mean, they wanted the parallelism. Another callback. Lots of callbacks to season one. They've been saying it's going to happen a lot, especially in the first episode. And and yet for such a, you know, it's just a moment of two people looking at each other. That was for me probably the best cliffhanger yet, because I want to know what's going to happen now. Like, you know, how does... How does Bran react to this, especially? How does Jamie react to his guilt? Like, I, 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 that was probably the best cliffhanger they could have done for me. No, that was excellent. That was a perfect way to end it. I couldn't think of a better way to do it. That was great. And I loved it. We don't like to go too much into the coming attractions because some people like to keep stay spoiler free. But it seems like we're going to be spending a lot of time in the next episode dealing with Jamie and the ramifications of all that he's done. So that's mm-hmm. nice because we need it. I mean, I was worried that he was just going to show up and they'd be like, oh, OK, you're on our side now. Hey. <laughs> especially right. when he came without an army like you know he was supposed to be bringing the yeah. entire army and he's kind of here on his own yeah and I, I and i think it's further gonna create a rift between john and, and daenerys because daenerys obviously isn't gonna let that fly and john's let everything fly you know <laughs> and could it you even know, create a rift don't... between john and the rest of the family i mean if he lets it fly i mean he did throw their brother out the window yeah exactly it, but they they never bring up uh Daenerys's father killing their grandfather and uncle. You right. know, that's and, true. That's true. And that's really no different. So, and Jamie also killed Danny's father with good reason. Yep. But the episode left us wanting more, which I guess is a good thing. Um, I heard something a great compliment about the show. You know, whether you're in love with the episode or not, totally feeling it, they all fly by so quick, and I, I think that's a testimony to something you're hungry for it it, every episode feels like it's 15 minutes it's great i know we're already hitting all of them are gonna be an hour or more (laughs) right right for those who don't know the first two episodes are around an hour each and the next four are going to be 80 minutes each give or take so we're, we're getting some longer ones to make up for our lack of number of episodes so is there anything else you want to say about this episode or any predictions you want to make for the rest of the show or I want to hold off on predictions. I, I just want to take it in. I, I it, sometimes you get wrapped up in trying to call it and not mm-hmm. just enjoy it. Right. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, see, I'm be- I'm being proved right here instead of just sitting back and letting letting it hit you. So, I think we went through that well, and I have nothing else to say. It was a great episode. <laughs> There's nothing else either you want to say about it before we go on. I'm good. Yeah. Or the season yeah. or anything else. Okay. Just don't think too hard. Enjoy. <laughs> it, like my quote from last season, 
It's great yeah. television as long as you don't think about it too much. But unfortunately, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Thank you for joining us. You can find us online by searching for Vassals of Kingsgrave in your favorite search engine or on iTunes, archive.org, YouTube, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and all your favorite dating apps. Feel free to leave comments and likes <laughs> and to subscribe. But if you really want to join in on the discussions, and maybe even if you'd like to join us on the podcast at some point, look for us on the Podcast of Ice and Fire forums, which is our home. Um, we have our own little subsection, The Vassals of Kingsgrave. Does anyone have any upcoming podcasts that you're going to be a part of or that you've been a part of that you'd like to pimp out here? I'll be on next week's. Great. Yeah. Great. Uh, I was recently on the main podcast. Uh, the podcast, Ice and Fire. Cool. Yes. Nice. Uh, and uh, I think that I think there's a soccer cast coming. Cool. Uh, is it already out? Uh, I haven't been checking the forums on uh, the podcast forums that that much, unfortunately. But yeah, maybe that is coming too. I know that um, Dragoncast has already done their recording. They did it immediately after the episode aired, and it's of already course. been out. It was out on Monday. Well, usually we're actually pretty good. Kraken beat Dragon a bunch of times last year, but not that it's a real competition, but I know Duncan took pride in that. But they did this. They had it out, like, early on Monday. They were really good. In fact, it's already got, like over 500 views on YouTube and stuff. So that's already out. Wolfcast is also going to be doing a review. In fact, this year they're going to probably be doing every week because Bina, I think, might be joining them. She's at least going to be helping in the editing. Nice. She might be joining them now that she's watching the show. Mm -hmm. Yay. It's then, great that she watched it. Yep. That was a great podcast, by the way, with her and Nadia and Michal talking about it after her and yep. Nadia gave in and just, just binged the season. Season <laughs> missed. Yeah. We also recorded a podcast about the first part of Doctor Who season 11, the new Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall era of the show. I've been slacking in editing it, but I hope to get it out soon after, of course, I edit this one. Sorry, guys, but it's coming. Don't worry. And then later we'll do one of the rest of the season. So cool. if that's it, thanks everyone for joining us. Thank you for listening. I'm David and thank you to our hosts, Bing and Neil, and also to Sarah who popped in for a moment and Donna for popping in and for Duncan for being our fearless leader, even if he's touring around America right now. Bye everyone. Yeah, thanks. Goodbye. Bring us a cold shower on all our fandom erections. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. Yay. And we're 15 minutes early. Hey, that's, I think, a first for Kraken Cast. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I made it to the end of one. <laughs> Yay. Nice. Bring us a cold shower on all our fandom erections. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need Krakens in the Kraken Cast, right? <laughs> Just sprinkle them in. Honorary yeah. Krakens. I know, I know. I mean, I think we are Krakens now. I mean, we've we've all been in at least, you know, three or four now, right? Yeah. If not more. In any case, let's... let's... I'm glad you uh, joined us to rain on everyone's parade because this episode just made me feel like they're hyping us in so many different ways that so we don't think. Right. 
And I, I was definitely hoping Bing would participate because I know, you know, you tend to, you know, splash the cold water when I get happy and, you know. <laughs> I mean, I admit I, I cheerlead for the show. So the good thing is the balance of opinions, which is great. Bing is the cold shower on all our fandom erections. <laughs> Um, we'll get to the bronze scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> I wasn't always this way. When I was it's in the okay. first, like for the first season I was on, I was I seemed to be the more supportive of the, right. the show it's okay. out of me and Doug. It's yeah, okay. so I don't know how this happened. Well, no, I know exactly. You know how exactly it how it happened. The show went ways you didn't like. That's fine. I mean, you're still enjoying it, right? I mean, even if it's not sure. Fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a good show. I mean, I think that's one of the things about our, you know, we're not just cheerleaders. We will, I mean, even me, I mean, I have the quote I liked last season where I said, you know, it's it's great television and really entertaining and really, really great in, in as long as you don't think about it. <laughs> and we do, so, well, you know. 